0: You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. Well, I'm pumped about the Word today. I've been working on this for weeks and weeks and weeks, and boy, I'm glad to finally get an opportunity for this to come about today because this has been on my heart for a long time, but it's just been in the developmental stages. Turn to Daniel chapter 1. Chapter three and chapter six. Very interesting study I came across some months ago on human behavior. I I, I don't know why. I, I I'm just attracted to studies on human behavior. And most of my sermons start out with some study that I read and because it's interest is, it, it interests me. When I, this way people act or this way people think. And then I take that and begin to apply it to the Word and say, here's what the Word says about this, and here's the answer to that study. And, and these studies in human behavior just come together for me as I look in the Word. But a study that I came across, listen to this. It was conducted by the National Academy of Sciences, On 1,112 rulings by a parole board, they studied these rulings over a 10-month period. Uh, Get this, 70% of the prisoners whose cases were reviewed by the parole board early in the morning were granted parole. 10% of the prisoners whose cases were reviewed late in the day, only 10% were granted parole. Wow! Well, we didn't save the worst for last. Only 10% granted parole late in the day. 70% granted parole early in the day. This study goes on to study human behavior, and the authors of this study concluded decision fatigue as the primary reason for the declining successful appeals. Further studies showed that there is a deterioration of our ability to make good decisions after making a lot of decisions. Some of you can relate to that. Decision-making takes mental energy just like physical exercise and we fatigue over time. We lose motivation, we lose focus, we lose willpower to make good decisions because over time, your mind fatigues. Just a little side note here for all of our stay-home moms with three toddlers at home all day. About four in the five in the afternoon, Dad, you don't need to be late getting home. When she says, I've had about all I can take, she's had about all she can take. Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, can I do that? Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, can I do this? Mommy, I do this? Mommy, I do this? Decision fatigue. It wears you out. Decision fatigue is very real, and studies show the effects of that. There is a deterioration of our ability to make good decisions after making a lot of decisions. Often the cause of bad decisions, wrong decisions, or decisions that were made that you would have never made was due to decision fatigue. Now get this, studies show today that we make 35,000 decisions every day. 35,000 decisions every day. Well, I started thinking about that. Uh, All of the decisions that you make, you get up in your face quickly with the decision to brush your teeth or not. Some of you need to think that through. All right, you decide to brush your teeth, that opens up hundreds of decisions because now what kind of toothpaste are you going to use? When you go through all of those decisions, you go to get your cup of coffee, what kind of coffee are you going to drink? Whenever you get that established, you open your cabinets and there are rows and rows of cups up there. Now, which cup are you going to take? You think about this, some 35,000 decisions that we make every day, and now I just read these studies show decision fatigue. So what do we do? I mean, what do we do? The key to making good decisions, right decisions, is obviously for us to make fewer decisions. Okay, so how do we do this? Well, this is where today's message all begins to come in. The title of today's message is pre-decisions. Pre-decisions. The key For making good decisions is to make fewer decisions. Well, how do you do that? That's where pre decisions come in and they're vital. I'm not tormented. I'm not tormented like a deer in the headlights about to brush my teeth. I go by, pick up that tube that I always use, and that's the tube that I buy. I don't let myself process all of those toothpaste on the shelf. I walk down, I grab it, and I keep rolling. You'll never live in peace unless you have created a long, long, long list of pre-decisions. That decision is made, and I'm not ever going to visit that decision again. See, that will bring peace. That will bring security. That will bring a rest to you when you live your life with a long list of pre-decisions. This is going to be hard for some of you to hear, and I'm going to explain this here in a few minutes, but there are decisions that I don't ever pray about. I don't pray about that decision. I don't ever pray about that decision, nor will I ever pray about that decision again. Now, until you get to that place, you're going to be what James 1:5 talks about, tossed by every wave that comes along. And this is plaguing a lot of Christians today. Decision. The dictionary gives this definition. The act of settling a dispute or a question. The act of making up one's mind. A conclusion. A firmness of mind. A predecision is settling a dispute or a question before it arises. See, before that question comes up, I've already made my decision about that. Turn to Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1, verse 3 through 8. The king ordered his chief of staff to go out and find some of these young men that are obviously good-looking, very strong, very healthy, very smart. It says, well learned in every branch of learning. I mean, these were the cream of the crop. Go out here, get these, bring them into the king's court, and they're going to study and learn and be leaders here. Wow, I mean, what an opportunity. Are you kidding me? What an opportunity to be selected to go in and serve under the king, to find yourself in that position of a... I mean, this is the position of a lifetime. We're talking, God's going to use me. God has opened this door, an amazing opportunity. Verse 5, the king assigned some of his daily ration of food and wine from his own kitchen. We got a problem. We got a problem because in verse 8, these were some unacceptable foods. These were some foods that God's law forbid. Now, Daniel was raised in children's church, he was taught God's word, and now he's faced with a decision. Your mind is racing a jillion miles an hour. Look, just do what everybody else is doing at the party. Look, just take a little sip of it and go right on. Look, just fit in. God's going to use you. See, your mind starts justifying. God will use you. Now, don't make a big stink about this. Just go along with this. Everybody in Babylon is doing this. Everybody in my classroom, everybody in my school. See, everybody in Babylon is doing this. You're tossed. You're tossed by every wave, James says. Your mind's racing. You're trying to justify your decision. Daniel avoided all of this pressure. Daniel avoided all of this stress. Look in verse 8. Daniel had determined in his heart. Daniel had made a predecision in children's church a long time ago. When he was growing up in youth group, he made a decision a long time ago, I, I'm not ever going to. Are you getting this? See, Daniel's not jerked up. Daniel's mind's not racing. Daniel's not in a dilemma. The pressure of the moment doesn't cause Daniel to do something that later he was going to regret, that later he was going to feel guilty of, that later he was going to be embarrassed about. How did he do that? Daniel had made a pre-decision. He already decided. He had purposed in his heart. He had made a decision about this. And Daniel didn't have to pray about it. Daniel didn't have to pray about it. God's word was already clear about it. See, there are things that you don't have to pray about when you find God's word is clear about that. You don't need to be praying about it. That's what God said about it. And you can go on about your life and make a decision based on that. See, Daniel had a decision that was already made. It's called a pre-decision in children's church, in youth group. See, Daniel was taught as a Hebrew, he was in covenant with God. And he made a decision as a young man, I'll never put in my body what God's against. I'll never do what God says don't do. And for Daniel that decision was made. Then when it comes up, he don't have to think about it. He doesn't have to pray about it. He's not wringing his hands. He's not talking to his friends. What should I do? What should I do? What should I do? God's word was clear, and he had made a decision on it. I came from a long list of alcoholism in my family. A lot of alcoholism in my family. All my growing up my mom told me don't you ever touch one drop of alcohol to your lips not one drop don't you ever touch one drop to your lips you're just like your grandfather you are i grew up my whole life you're just like your grandfather you're just like your grandfather well i am and both of us think if one drop is good then uh, two bottles is better if two bottles is good let's get the case If a case is good, let's get a truckload. I mean, if we're going to do this, let's do it or don't do it at all. See, that's the way I'm wired. He said, Don't you touch a drop of that. Don't you ever touch a drop of that. I grew up and I saw the destruction that alcohol caused when we were, when my family was young. I was six years old. My family was on our way to visit my grandmother. I'm six years old. And a drunk driver in a borrowed car. Hits us head on. And I saw the, the physical destruction. I saw what my family had to go through with all of that. I saw the cost of that. And, and I was convinced that man didn't decide to become a drunk and an alcoholic one day. He just was having some fun with his friends as a young boy and he just grew up and grew up and alcoholism got him. I saw that in a very early age. And, and young in my life, I made a pre decision about alcohol. I made a pre-decision about alcohol, then when I found myself in junior high, and I was over with a friend, and there were two or three boys, his parents weren't there, but the cabinets were full of alcohol, and they started bringing that out as a junior high boy. See, I didn't have a decision to make, I'd already made my decision. I had already made my decision. When I was in high school, and we started getting around with a bunch of my 15, 16-year-old friends. Well, they had a friend who had a friend who was 21, and they got it and brought it to the party and everything. See, I didn't have a decision to make. I had already made a decision. It was a pre-decision before I was surrounded with my friends, surrounded by a lot of pressure, surrounded by an emotional decision right there that I was going to hate myself and regret and was going to lead me down a path I wasn't going to go. See, I'd made a pre-decision. Decision. Church, what I'm telling you is life gets much easier for you. Life gets less stressful for you. There's just not a lot of pressure on somebody who's made a predecision about this situation you're in. When your day, when your life operates on predecisions based on a biblical worldview, then you're not pressured into wrong decisions or decisions that you would have never made otherwise. There are many, many decisions that I see people wrestling with, agonizing over, tormented by, that are really not to be considered, they're not to even be prayed about. I don't seek God every morning whether He wants me to stay married to Terry or not. I'm not praying about that on a regular basis. See, the Bible's clear and I've decided. For 40 years of marriage. Terry and I don't, on Saturday night, have this long discussion every week about, are you tired? Well, I'm tired. you going to go to church tomorrow? I'm not going to go to church tomorrow. Will you want to go to church tomorrow? See, Josh is preaching tomorrow, and he ain't all that good. I like to hear the old guy. Let's stay home. See, you want to go? I don't think I'm going to go. See, we don't have that discussion We made a pre-decision years and years ago, and we're in church on Sunday morning. See, I don't wrestle with that decision. I'm making fewer decisions in my life because I've made pre-decisions in my life, and your life is less stressful. Are you hearing this? Do I read my Bible or not? Do I eat this? Do I go here? Do I do that? Do I go to this party? Do I go over there? See, when you submit to God's Word, when you submit to God— there are a lot of decisions that are made that you never think about. You made a pre-decision. Too many in today's generation have not decided anything. They hadn't just, de- what are you going to be? I don't know. What are you going to major in? I don't know. Where are you going to go this weekend? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. I- See, we have too many in this generation that hadn't decided anything. They hadn't made any decisions about their life. And pre decisions are vital in your life. Pre decisions are vital because number one, decision making is exhausting. Decision fatigue will come in and you'll make wrong decisions out of decision fatigue. Number two, emotional pressure comes in and you'll make wrong decisions out of emotion. The dictionary gives us a definition of emotion a feeling any feeling, get this, a complex combination of feelings. Now, let me say it would be a very boring life for no emotion. It'd be a very, very boring life. I like emotion. I like emotional people. You're not going to believe this, but I'm a very emotional person. Very emotional person. How was it my answer is going to be, it was great, it was a blast, it was fun, it was delicious, It's the best thing I ever ate, or it was horrible. I'm never going there again. It stunk. That food was so bad. See, I'm not, I don't even like people. How was it? i oh, sorry. Did you have fun? That's oh, okay. Well, how was your vacation? What? Look, if you're not going to bring anything to the party, stay home. When I ask you how was it, I want to hear it was great, it was wonderful, it was fun, we had a blast, or say it was terrible, don't ever go there. I mean, let's get involved in life or just stay home by yourself. I don't like non-emotional people. Yeah. Come on, my life, emotion makes life fun. I'm into it. I'm all into it. It's the best thing you ever heard in your whole life. See, See, I'm into it, but here's what you need to know. Emotionally wired people have got to be very, very careful because you can start making emotionally driven decisions and those will get you in trouble. See, those will get you in trouble. Decisions are headed for trouble when it's based on everybody else did. Well, I thought it'd be fun. Well, I felt like it. Why'd you do that? Felt like it. See, you're headed for trouble when you're making emotional decisions. I, lo- I like emotions. I like To be around emotional people, I'm all in. Let's be happy about it. But be careful about making decisions out of emotions. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. King Nebuchadnezzar, he makes this gold statue, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide. He sets it up out there. He starts playing the harps and the pipes and the flutes and the instruments. And he makes this great. Everybody bow down and worship my statue here. Anytime you hear the musical instruments, you got to bow down. Well, verse twelve. Hey, Nebi, got some news for you. You're not going to believe this. There are some Jews. Now we're not going to call any names, but they're Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You put in charge of the whole thing of Babylon over here. These providences, and they're in charge. They ain't bowing down. Oh, Nebi flies into rage. Hold on. What I just tell you. If you get emotional, you are about to make a bad decision. So Nebuchadnezzar, he's in emotional rage right now. Get those boys in here. Call them in here. I'm telling you, I can't believe what I just heard. You guys aren't bowing down to my statue. I like verse 16. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves here. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. But even if he does it, let us make it really, really, really clear to you we ain't never bowing down to that jive statue. See, look here. They already had made their decision. See, they ma- you don't make a decision like this when everybody's standing around you and he says, crank up that fire. Read on, it says, crank it up seven times hotter. We're fixing to throw these guys in that fire. If you've waited until all of your friends are around you, if you've waited till you're in this party, if you've waited till you're in this pressure cooker, you ain't gonna come up with the right decision. Not any of us are. But these three men had made a pre-decision. See, they already decided. They already decided what they were going to do, and what they weren't going to do. And when this came up, they're not jerked up. They're not nervous. They're not worried. They're not been out of shape. They're not praying about, oh, God, what would you have me do? God, what would you have me do? God, What? are you hearing this? We're emotional people. We get caught up in the emotion. And you're hurt, or you're mad, or you're excited, or you're a thriller. It's a buzz. I mean, and then here we go. We make the wrong decision. We make the wrong decision in that moment of time. And here's what these guys say. We don't even need to talk about this with you. We want to make deals with God. God, if you'll turn that fire off, then I'll serve you all the days of my life. God, see, if you will do this, then I'll serve you. See, God, God's able to save us. See, God's able to heal my loved one. God's able to take care of this situation. God's able, but even if he doesn't. See, I leave up to God what's God's. I'm going to sell my life out to follow him. My life is based on him. He can heal this person. He's well able to heal this person. But even if he doesn't, I'm not bowing down to the statue. See, my God's able to, but but just know this. Even if he doesn't. See, God has a plan. God has a will. Our emotions come. Our emotions go. Today, this girl gives me a thrill and a goosebump. Tomorrow, this girl gives me a thrill and a goosebump. But that won't build a stable home. That won't build a stable life. That won't build a life full of peace and joy. Terry and I made a predecision. We made a predecision based on God's word. And when we get mad, we just got to work it out because we already made a predecision. Let's read on. Daniel chapter six. Daniel chapter six. Verse six through ten. Read down through there with me. The king has made a ruling that for the next 30 days, nobody's going to pray. Now, prayer was outlawed. You know, growing up when I read that, I thought, that's just a Bible story. Nobody outlaws prayer. Outlawing prayer. You're not going to pray in this school. You're not going to pray at this office. You're not going to pray in this gathering. You're not going to pray at this football game. You're not going to pray. Whoa, 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 what? He outlawed prayer. Outlawed prayer. Now I want you to notice here, Daniel does not wait to see what the political situation was to make his decision. Look in verse 10. This is very interesting. When Daniel learned of the law that had been signed, he went home and he knelt down. What does that say? As usual. See, I already made a decision about my prayer time. I've already made a decision about my prayer time. I've already made this decision. So this law is signed. Nobody's going to pray for the next 30 days. Daniel goes up as usual. How did Daniel live through that? How did he make it through that? What carried him in the middle of that pressure cooker? He already made his decision as usual. Well, you read on through the rest of that chapter. Daniel is ordered into the lion's den. We read about him being delivered from the lion's den. We read about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego being delivered from the fiery furnace. And their life is lived in peace. All because of predecisions. We don't see them bargaining with God. God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. God, if you'll do this, I'll do that. Hey, we don't even need to pray about this. We don't even need to pray about this. Here's what God's word said, and here's what I'm going to do. I decided this a long time ago regardless of what God does or doesn't do, I've made a predecision to follow him. I've already made that decision. Too often, we don't see God move in our life because we don't live on predecisions. Come on, right now, I want all of our single young people in here. You, you start making a decision in your life about it right now. I'm going to keep myself pure until I get married. See, you don't wait until the heat of the moment to try to make that decision. You make that decision ahead of time. It's called a pre-decision. I'm going to keep myself drug-free. I'm going to keep myself drug-free for my whole life. I'm not going to ever. I'm not ever going. See, you make a pre-decision. I'm making decisions right now in my life. I'm going to live my life pleasing to the Lord. I want to live my life in line with God's Word. And peace comes to you. Stability comes to you. When you do what you need to do out of a pre-decision, y'all worry about the lines, y'all do whatever you need to do about the furnace, be it known to you, I already made my decision. I've already made my decision. I'm just telling you, peace and joy can come to you. Terry and I, in our life right now, we're making some decisions about our future. And I'm saying right now, I'm not going to talk all day, every day, all the time to everybody about what hurts on me. I'm not going to start and end the conversation about my aches and about my pains and about my doctor's appointments. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to live like that. See, I'm making decisions. When I get older, I'm not going to act. I'm not going to say. I'm See, I'm predeciding things today about my future tomorrow, and here's the way we're going to live our life. I'm telling you right now, I've worked hard my whole life. I've worked hard my whole, whole life. And I'm not going to be in the stage that I'm in right now and live hurt. I'm not going to live bitter. I, I'm not going to live unhappy. I'm not gonna, I've worked hard my whole life to be where I am right now today. God's brought me to this place, and I'm not going to live full of bitterness. I'm not going to live full of anger I'm not going to live aggravated. Are you hearing this? Come on. God's done way too much for me, and I'm going to enjoy every day of my life. Do whatever you need to do about that. Y'all do whatever you want to do. Y'all make whatever decisions you want to make about the lines, about the fire, do whatever you want to do about the statue. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm going to be happy today. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm not going to be moping around depressed and lonely and miserable and unhappy You can write this down. I'm going to be happy tomorrow. I'm going to have a good week this week. I'm going to enjoy the life I've got left to live. I'm going to enjoy my day. I already decided that. I'm not going to wait till this week rolls around and see if I'm happy. I'm happy because I decided to be happy the first day of the week. All this week I'm going to be happy. Now, whatever rolls around rolls around. Whatever happens is going to happen. They turn the fire up seven times hotter, but you're going to find me having a good time. You're going to find me in joy in life because I decided last week. Are you getting this? I don't wake up every morning and be overwhelmed with all of my decisions. I'm making fewer decisions. I'm making a lot fewer decisions. I've already decided to live in peace. I've already decided to live in joy. I've already decided to live happy. I've already decided. Terry and I, my wife, we're going to have a great life. We're living a blessed life. We're living a happy life. I want everybody hearing this message right now. I want right now for you, you make decisions. Make pre-decisions. Before you get in that moment, you make some pre-decisions about your life. Here's the way I'm going to live. Here's the way I'm going to respond. Here's the way I'm going to think. And here's the way I'm going to act. Y'all do what you need to do about the lines, about the statue, about the fiery fire. Y'all do what you need to do. But here's what I'm telling you. As usual, you'll find me going up in my room and praying. As usual, you'll find me happy. As usual, you'll find me living a blessed life. I want the members of our church, I want you living happy. I want you living in peace. I want you living in joy. I want you living in a blessed life. I want you enjoying all of this life that God has for you. I want you to enjoy all that God has already done for you. Look at what God has done for you. I want you enjoying that. And to do that, you'll have to live with a long list of predecisions. Y'all stand You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.